Comics in Motion is proud to be sponsored by Renovations Press, home of the world-renowned tracksuit man, the story about traveling to which we can all relate and something we've all missed this last year. Renovations Press continues to make the decades-long quest to bring quality, independent comics to the masses with three comics each year featuring the supergroup slash government experiment gone wrong, section 12. Click the link in the show notes for more information about how you can buy some high-quality, independent comics. And stay tuned because each time a new issue comes out in 2021, Comics in Motion listeners will be eligible to win free copies of Section 12. Click that link, check out Renovations Press, support them on Patreon. You'll be happy you did. What started as just an appearance on Indie Comics Spotlight has turned into an excellent partnership between Comics in Motion and Renovations Press. We look forward to bringing you some amazing content. Hey, super friends. My name is Neil. My name is Martin. And we are the hosts of the Get Your Comic Con podcast. We are here fortnightly-ish to bring you a slice of film, TV, comic book, and pop culture goodness from our studio to your speakers. You can pick up our podcast on all major platforms or head to our website, www.getyourcomiccon.co.uk for more. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Come on, Bob. For old times, huh? Quinn, nice to meet ya. <laughs> Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. That's my favorite Marvel character ever, but you should never meet your heroes because honestly, he's a bit of a dick. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I am Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comics in Motion podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Comics in Motion TV and movie reviews for shows that are based on comic books. Myself, I'll be reviewing from the perspective of a long-time comic book reader... And I'll be reviewing from the TV and movie perspective. And what we also love to do is we also like to spoil the hell out of everything we review. And so if you haven't watched our choice of the week, then we'd advise you to proceed with caution. And remember, with an average podcast comes no responsibility. Now, Chris, we've got something a little bit different this week. So no spandex in sight at all. Um, Talking about the film, not actually what we're wearing, but we'll get past that. So (laughs) what are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, we're going back to 2005 and a a film that I'd never seen before, so I was really, really looking forward to this. Uh, Starring Viggo Mortensen, it's A History of Violence. Now, as I say, I've never seen it, so what about yourself, Dave? Now, I have, but I didn't realise I had. I, I think there was something very familiar about it, but when I watch the trailers, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think I've seen this. But there were a few scenes, Chris, <laughs> where there yeah. was a bit of sexy time in there, uh, both playful and both a bit rough, that yeah. I quite that I remembered, and so I, I think I, I have seen this, and and that's why I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I um, <laughs> I usually have a mental note and stuff like that. Day, but, um, <laughs> but no, I've I've never seen this. However, these two scenes in it that. I've never correlated with from the same film that I've watched over and over on YouTube. Pretty much at the start, with when we get the first sort of side of Joey, um, or Tom, as he's called, where he gets the violence in it and he breaks up the robbery. And then I've seen that loads of times, but never actually realised what the film was called. It's just one of them clips on YouTube that comes up, you know, when you're trolling, like, films, action bits, and that when you're bored on a Friday. I just That had come up. And then... 
the scene with his son uh, with like he's getting bullied and I've seen that low I think I saw it about two weeks ago it seemed like the top 10 uh, high school um, bully come up and uh, scenes with, and I think number one is when um, Flash goes after uh, Spider-Man Tobey Maguire the first uh, one right, so, okay. so so I've seen this scene them two scenes so many times and never realised that, that it was this was the film what it was called I just really really enjoy watching them over and over on different clips when I'm bored so <laughs> yeah and I wasn't expecting this Dave I'm thinking what is this movie because obviously when we did Kitchen a few weeks ago, that was really good with Melissa McCarthy. Like I said, it got slated, but I really enjoyed it because it was something slightly different, something a bit more in my wheelhouse. Now this, for me, was just absolutely perfect. It's a one-shot movie, all contained within this movie. There's no sequels, uh, sequels, yeah, no sequels. There's no finger anything. It's just content. And honestly, I, I, I genuinely surprised you picked this, but I love the fact that it's based on a graphic novel. So it's like, yeah. I'm really uh, glad you picked that this week. Yeah, no, it's so it was written by um, John Wagner, who's famous for um, being a writer for Judge Dredd, you know, and being there right from the start. So he's used to doing kind of gritty things. I did try and get hold of a copy. I've not actually read this one. It came out in 1997, uh, but it's out of print at the moment, and I, I didn't fancy paying, uh, you know, nearly 20 quid for a second-hand copy. So, um, and, and there are a few other little nods as well. So it's written by a guy called Josh Olsen, who actually wrote the Batman Gotham Knight, or, or the story, Have I Got a Story for You, in oh, that. Okay. So there is a little bit of a comic book connection there, but of course you, it's directed by David Cronenberg. Now, have you seen The Fly? No, I haven't, Dave. I know The Fly, <gasps> I've never seen it. Oh wow! Well, that's that's where I know kind of David Cronenberg from as uh, the name at least. So, um, oh, we'll have to watch The Fly at some point in uh, in the VHS Strikes Back. <laughs> oh, definitely, Jeff Goldblum in it. Dave. It is, and um, uh, Gina Davis. Yes, seeing the trailers and all that stuff, I never fancied watching. I used to see it on the VHS all the time. Like before a movie, you'd get the trailer of it, and it just never. Really stuck me, but it's what got Jeff Goldblum fame, wasn't it? Yeah, and and knowing your love uh, love of horror or uh, hate of horror, rather more accurately, <laughs> I um, I, I might have to b- bump this one up <laughs> yeah, the list. So. I was just going to say, I, was, I wish I'd never said anything. I knew <laughs> I was taking myself down the road there. I knew straight away when you you've not seen. I was like, oh no, he's going to say we're going to watch it. But yes, I haven't seen that, Dave. Can I just rewind that and say I'm editing this? I'm going to say it. Yeah. I'm a bit insane. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Chris, should we get into our trailer? Let's go. Coming right up, boys. Hi. Hey, Mr. Stahl. Hey, Jared. Come on, Pat. You done? Thanks, Tom. Good ever. Have a good evening. Just closing up, fellas. Coffee. I'm sorry, we're we're closed. Oh, I know that. I do know that. Ah, shut up! We don't carry much cash here. <laughs> don't move. Do her! 
were gonna kill us. You saved our lives. Hello, my hero. Tom Stahl is a family man with long-standing ties to this community. Right now, this community is rallying behind him and calling him a hero. Way to go, Tommy. Great, more reporters. You look like reporters. You're the big hero. Really don't like talking about it, sir. You sure took care of those two bad men, Joey. My name is Tom. It's Joey. You tell me. Sarah? Sarah! My daughter, where is she? What's going on, Dad? They thought they knew me. Thought I was somebody else. Nothing to worry about, Mrs. Stahl. I've been watching over. I don't know what you want, and I don't really care. You should care about what I want, because what I want might change your life. Why don't you ask Tom and ask him how come he's so good at killing people? Now, Tom Stahl is a diner owner who lives in a small town of Millbrook, Indiana, with his loving wife, Edie, teenage son Jack, and daughter Sarah. One night, two spree killers attempt to rob the restaurant. When a waitress is threatened, Tom deftly kills the robbers with surprising skill and precision. Now, Chris, what do you make to the opening of this one? Fucking really, really enjoyed this, Dave. Really... This is just me all over. What was interesting was when it started, and Viggo Watson, obviously, I know him from the Lord of the Rings, Dave, and I'm going to drop another bombshell on you. Um, I've never seen the two sequels for the Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. So I've got, I had the first one on DVD, and I don't even know where it is, but I've never got any further than the first Lord of the Rings. So See, that, mem- that doesn't surprise me, though, because you no, hate I know, that I know. stuff, don't you? <laughs> so, yeah. um, the, the surprise is that you've seen the first one. Yeah, I had it on DVD. I didn't mind it, to be honest, Dave, but I'd never got any further than that. They're like three-hour slogs, aren't they? And I was just like, I haven't got that um, attention span, to be honest, to watch that. I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd, I've got to watch them at some point, but I, I just haven't. However, one of my recommendations of v, uh, Vito Morgensen, and you've got to watch it, Dave, uh, Vito Morgensen, you've got to watch this. I've, I've recommended it uh, last year, is The Green Book. He is phenomenal in that. What a film that is. It's about the racism and a, a black singer going back to, you know him who played um, Cottonmouth in Luke Cage? Oh, the one who's about yeah, to play yeah. Blade. Yeah. Um, he's the main guy. He's a, he's a pianist, and it's about racism and different things. Oh, Dave, he's brilliant in it. It's from about two years ago, but it ends up being... And it sounds really stupid, this, but it ends up actually being like a Christmas movie. And honestly, there's some proper... I'll, I'll hold my hands up, Dave. There's some proper tear-jerking moments at the end. It's a cracking movie. Definitely worth it. I think it's on Amazon Prime, but honestly, it's about two hours long, and it's set in like... I think it's set... It might be like the 30s or something, Dave, or maybe mm. the 50s. It might be the, I think it's the 50s, actually, going off the cars. Oh, fucking hell, but it's yeah, going to be uh, yeah, pretty exactly. edgy but if it's set at that time. But honestly, I'd recommend it to anybody. I thought it was an absolute one of the best films I watched last year. It's fantastic. So yeah, I, anyway, yeah. so he's a great actor. I, I know of him. I know uh, who he was and everything like that. But just this, for me, when it starts off and we get the sort of these two guys, it's, you know what it reminded me of, Dave? I don't know about you, but just at the start, them two robbers, it reminded me a little bit of Dusseldorf. Oh! 
Oh, ex- yeah. I thought exactly yeah. the same. Exactly yeah. the same. Anyway, that wasn't planned, Dave. I didn't no. know. It, it just <laughs> felt like it. I, I thought the... It was almost Tarantino-like, the opening, wasn't yes. it? Yes, And I can't yeah. help but think he's not influenced by Tarantino there. Just the very slow build-up. The fact that one of them drives the car about 10 yards and then gets into the passenger seat, you know, and then clearly the one guy's gone in there. You know it hasn't gone well, you know, the just that sinister tone. Everything about it felt very Tarantino and very, very tense. And we were speaking the other week, weren't we? What, what were we looking at? It was the Untouchables on the VHS. Yeah, yeah. We were commenting that, you know, it's very rare that you're seeing kids actually killed. So when the other guy goes in there, cool as, cool as a cucumber, you know, there's a couple of dead bodies there, um, and the little girl comes out. I mean, fuck me, I was thinking, why? Why didn't you just stay locked away? You're obviously shitting yourself fucking stay hidden away yeah. and uh, I thought well, he's probably he's probably just going to walk out but no fucking takes her out and I was like Oof, Christ I didn't expect that yeah and I get honestly the reference is that bit where Tarantino's character in Dusseldorf Dawn basically rapes and kills that woman doesn't he mm. the little stumpy woman who he, he, he kidnaps and he, he says something like that he turns around doesn't he to uh, George Clooney's character and says to him uh, she, she she said you know whatever he says to her she, but it, she was that, trying to escape trying to escape and it's that gruesome aftermath of yeah, the blood yeah. and everything. oh it's fucking awful but yeah I'm, I'm so amazed that you come up with the same reference because it was very similar I was just waiting for the music to kick in to be honest Dave. yeah you know, the, dark uh, night <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> to come in but, but very, very like you say he must have took reference from Tarantino for that and then it starts off at, you know so so it's it's all like Tom's got this lovely family he's got a beautiful wife his lad his lad's playing baseball which the only thing <clears throat> that sticks with me on this is a bit there's a couple of bits that are a bit obvious in it but he's his son catches a ball in the outfield from this obviously jock douchebag guy who's got lovely hair. And that's the, the start of their feud because he catches him. And I'm like, that just seems a little bit weak to me, Dave. Obviously, there may have been some backstory we weren't really into. But from that moment on, his son's then getting a bit of shit off this guy, isn't he? Yeah, it, it was... Weak is a good word. Very, very thin. Yeah. I mean, look, he's a good-looking bloke. He's got, well, he's not even a bloke, is he? Good-looking high school student. He's got great hair. Looks like he's probably the quarterback of the team. He's too busy nailing cheerleaders in real life, isn't he? He's not fucking about, yeah. you know, making some kid's life misery. Uh, uh, misery. So, yeah, I thought it, it was just a bit silly, you know. And uh, I guess, yeah, I didn't buy that at all. Felt Felt a bit, you know, like Flash Thompson with Peter Parker. You know, but that story was written in the 60s. Yeah. For this, I, I just thought they could have come up with something a little bit better than that. I mean, it does set him up as a good bully. but it, and, and it's a bit of... I, I find it more of like an 80s type trope that you get the jock yes. who's who's yeah. the bully, you know, and he, he likes to pick on other people to make himself look better. But this wasn't just that, was it? He just literally singled out that kid. You know, he didn't seem to be an arsehole to everyone else. And and all his friends seemed to have it in for him for no good reason either. So, 
Yeah, I, I didn't really buy that as well. This is, this is going to be boring, this episode, isn't it? We're both picking up on exactly the same, same beats things. in this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'm going to drop a little bombshell in here, Dave, which you're probably going to agree with. Like you say, don't you think this movie was also, also an influence for something that I absolutely love from about 2014, 2015? A Hitman-type movie, Dave? I, I'm thinking too fast, too furious. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, so this way reminded, earlier, it? I think this um, was an inspiration for John Wick because oh. I know we're going to talk about the rest of the movie, but it, it really, really did feel John Wick like you know comes out of retirement. But anyway, I'm jumping too far there. But that, that's how I felt by the end of it. Nothing wrong with that because I loved the first John Wick. I fucking absolutely love that movie so much. So yeah. uh, there's no, there's no, um, there's no shitting on that. But yeah, Tom. I, so, so because I'd seen the diner scene, Dave, with him in it, and then it twigged when he was in the diner. I was like oh, shit, this is that scene from YouTube I've watched loads of times. But it didn't happen initially. So he's having a bit of chit-chat. They own the, the little diner, don't they? And he's there in his jeans and he's got like a bit of like a chat going on with the, 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 the uh, employees and stuff. It's just a lovely little place. And then these two guys come in, don't they? And the, pro, um, the, the thing what's clever about it is you think these two... I was thinking at first it's going to be these two are the big bad. Mm. They basically take them hostage. Tom comes to the rescue at the end, and how wrong I was, Dave. So, so they, I mean, it's pretty nasty, isn't it? They, they get the woman who's going to leave. Tom knows something's up, and um, that guy grabs her. And he sort of like gropes her, doesn't he? Says, sit there. Yeah. And, and he's implying he's going to rape her, and then fucking pulls a gun. The other guy pulls a gun, and Tom just fucking wellies in with the, the coffee yeah. over his head. Oh, Dave. You know me, I love stuff like this. I was straight away like, oh, this is definitely a bit of me. And Vito Mortensen, uh, he just looks like a fucking absolute psycho, doesn't he? You <laughs> can just tell he's trying to be too nice. And it, honestly, Dave, I loved it. I loved this movie. I really did. I, Because I've only really seen him in Lord of the Rings, I can't really... Th- think of anything else that I've seen him in. He's got that long flowing hair. He, he reminded me a bit of kind of Hugh, Hugh Jackman. You know, I'd kind of put him in yeah. that same bracket. But with this particular haircut, have you, have you ever seen a film called We're the Millers? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a bit because you, I can't remember what the chap's name is now, out of uh, oh, the football thing on Apple Plus. Ted Lasso. No. Ted Lasso, yeah. It's, it's the guy who's who's out of that. Oh, he's going to bug me now. Jason Sakidis, is it? Ah, uh, it could be. Jason Sudeikis. Right. Anyway, him from Where the Millers. Yeah. He's, he's kind of a small-time pot dealer. Yeah. And then he, he he comes up with this plan on how to get drugs through over the Mexican border. And, you know, he, he decides he'll have this mock family. And he goes into the barbers and he says says to the barber, give me that kind of haircut. And he, he rattles off a few things, you know, basically saying, I hate my life. You know, I've married with two kids and, you know, just counting down the hours. And then there's a guy, <laughs> there's a guy behind him, just like points to his hair, he's like, right here <laughs> you know, points to his own haircut he's just described his life uh, for me Vigo Mortensen's got this kind of haircut that's just like so not even normal it, it just makes him look 
Well, I guess it does. Makes him look really, really middle-aged normal, doesn't it? And I think, yeah. you know, I, I, in Lord of the Rings, I thought he looked like a bit of a heartthrob, but he looks quite far away from that in this. But I thought he played that really submissive, you know, small-time cafe owner really, really well. And then even when he's he's taking some names there, at first you sort of think, or I'm thinking at least, well, he got lucky there, didn't he? But then you think, yeah. well, actually, if, if just your average Joe tried that, you, you'd be the first to die, no doubt. So, um, so yeah, it was quite skillful the way he kind of, you know, reacted to the situation there, managed to take both of them out. And I thought it was pretty gruesome as well. You know, the guy's pretty much got half his jaw smashed in, hasn't he? And, uh, you know, he manages to, to get Tom um, with a knife in the foot. But, uh, you know... He manages to shoot the pair of them and uh, save the day. Yeah, he does. And and that's where it all unravels, doesn't it? Because I'm thinking, shit, this is like... I thought this was the end scene. You know, like, the, my, in my eyes, this scene, because I've watched it so many times with no context, was I thought this was like the end scene. He'd had enough and he just thought, fuck it, I've just got to go for it. You know, they've been menacing the town. Yeah. And that's how I thought it was. So like I say, to see it so early in the movie was great because I'm thinking, fuck me, what's coming next? You know, totally great that that was out of the way and it didn't ruin the rest of the film for me. But obviously, Tom then gets bloody national fame for taking on these two guys. The, ho- the whole of the, the town is just raving about it, and the woman who gets held off is the guys. Like, you know, Tom, he's amazing, blah, blah. And he's getting interviewed, isn't he? And because he knows he's on TV, next minute, there's a bloody car there stalking him, and his wife's like, oh, yeah, it's um, it's the police. Uh, it's it's uh, the reporters, sorry. Uh, yeah, bizarre. But, but Dave, we've missed a, a very important bit, but she does get dressed up as a cheerleader, and we do <laughs> see some um, action. Yeah, which is a, it's a bit uh, racist, shall we say? Well, it was just again. I think it was there purposely for the story. You know, they have this kind of. They've obviously been married for a very long time, and she's there trying to spice things up a bit. So she gets dressed as a cheerleader, very sexy cheerleader, I may add. Um, and then is is kind of role playing. She's saying, "Oh, we need to be quiet because my parents are in the next room." So I think it it. It sort of brings to life this this kind of I don't want to say mundane life, but but just normal life that they've got there. But yeah, that was the bit that I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, so next minute, Dave, Tom's back into the shop, into the, the diner. He's serving, and in walks Ed Harris, doesn't he? You know, and he's got the shades on, and straight away, Tom's playing. Even for us as the audience, he's playing an absolute poker face. He's got this dead placid voice Annie and he's like yeah you know I don't know and to this guy starts talking to him saying yeah your name's Joey you're from Philadelphia you know yeah. you don't lie to me Joey and he's looking going I don't know what you're talking about and even then he doesn't flinch because his wife's over his shoulder he doesn't flinch once does he and it's all this cat and mouse about yeah you are I know you are and he should, takes his glasses off and he's, his eyes are fucked because obviously Joey's done that to him hasn't he so yeah. it's it's this is where it unravels. And it, you know what I liked about this, Dave? It runs at 95 minutes, 96 minutes, and it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. There's no half an hour of unwanted shit just to fill the movie. It's an old-school 80s 
movie from start to finish and that's why for me i really enjoyed it it wasn't filled with bullshit it was just going along nicely and uh when they get introduced it's fucking top because i'm like oh yeah it's just gonna go off so i mean i don't know about you but i really really enjoyed the pace of this yeah and you know what chris if i was to ever win the lottery well first of all i'd have to play it but secondly if i won it and you know i could just have you know pay off all your debts, house and whatever, live the high life for a bit. But then, you know what, you think, oh, is it enough? You know, could you make your own movie kind of thing? I would want Ed Harris as my villain because he is fucking brilliant. I just think he's such a <laughs> a good baddie. And, you know, because you've got this, you know, milky white eye, you know something's gone down in the past and you, you suspect Joey is... Uh, has had something to do with it so you know he's basically saying that he's this guy joey and uh, joey cusack and he's basically had dealings with the irish mob over in philadelphia but you know ed harris as well is playing it as cool as a cucumber isn't he and he's kind of yeah he's not being nasty you know because you think about it he's it, it comes out later that he's trying to rip his eye out with a piece of barbed wire you know so you know he must have inside a seething rage but outwardly he is absolutely cool as a cucumber um the only surprise for this chris having watched it now i'm surprised it doesn't get more plaudits than it does so yeah sorry so the la times called it the last major hollywood film that was released at yeah, major Hollywood film uh, that was released on VHS. And Mortensen himself praised it as one of his best movies he's ever been in, if not the best. Now, this is from the guy who had the lead role in Lord of the Rings. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And and, and I know it's, Dave, on the review scores, it's amazing. It's got great scores across all of them. It, it, it's above average, to say the least. Rotten Tomatoes, 87, 7.8. A user review on there. Metacritic is at 81 out of 100, Dave. I haven't checked IMDb, but again, you look at all the nominations and the things it won. It won all sorts of independent movie awards as well. It's mm. such a good... I think it had a limited run in the cinemas as well, which is really good. Uh, BBC Critic said it was the uh, his best film of 2005, Mark Kermoy, Dave. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so so the, the, it was definitely uh, underappreciated. And I, like I say... I've heard the name of it, Dave, but when you said we do it for the comics, I was thinking, oh, do you mean the VHS? I didn't pick up that it had a comic background, but honestly, this has got to be one of the best adaptions from paper to screen for me. It, it It's such an underrated movie. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, I haven't unfortunately been able to get my hands. I'm going to keep an eye out for the graphic novel. Um, I, I believe it's even more violent than this. They've toned it down a bit for the movie, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, 2005, the year Batman Begins comes out, actually. So, you know, start of that Nolan trilogy. But I think, you know, the the movie goes on for a little bit, doesn't it? With this doubt, you know, is he really Joey? Is it a case of mistaken identity? You know, Ed Harris, um, you know, or Carl Fogarty, he's, he's kind of sitting outside the, in the mall, you know, waiting for his wife and kid, and you know he's looking after, looking at the little girl, saying "Don't worry about it," kind of thing, and you know, putting that seed of doubt into his wife's head. You know, yeah. the the son is obviously 
troubled by this and and you know again like you say the whole back and forth between the son and this uh this jock goes on for a bit but i mean suddenly um I mean, the the son does turn into Peter Parker, doesn't he? And beats the living yeah. shit out of this kid and his <laughs> mates. Mate. Dave, that's like the dream, isn't it? You're getting a bit of shit off somebody at school, a massive day. You, they think you're the fucking shit house, and you're like, you know, you're not a fighter. You don't want to. You're getting bullied, which you don't want. And then you just fucking Hulk up and lever him, Dave. That is the dream, absolute dream. That <laughs> it's, I, it's I, all, yeah. it is a dream. But it's not realistic either, is it? I mean. Well, <laughs> I, I was thinking back at it. I have one story about that, Dave. One story. I've got to throw one in there. It was actually my best friend who, at the time, when I was about 11, 12, and we got him with these kids who were a year older than us. And these kids who were a year older than us were just bullies in, like, out of the area. But they were so, I think they were after one of my mate's bikes because he had one of them mongoose bikes. You know, yeah, you could, yeah. I said it on the BMX Bandits where you could spin this, the, the handlebars mm-hmm. and the brakes. All the way around, so, yeah. And I think they were buttering us up. And for some reason, they egged my mate on to just fight me. And they're like, you need to have him a fight. What's he the toughest is? And I'm like, I'm not fighting him. He's been fucking... And they were like, well, if you don't fight, we're going to do you in. And I remember my brother wasn't there at the time. He was younger than me, but was like, I'm not really bothered. And they're like, well, we're going to do you in. I was like, okay, then. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's do me in then. And they didn't. But my mate carried it on and was like pushing me, he was calling me names, he was just pushing all the buttons. He thought he had some new mates who were tougher than us, you see, Dave. So uh, very much I was getting this this only happened over the space of like one afternoon and I was getting I never forget this because it was probably the best punch I've ever thrown in my life, Dave. But yeah, and I don't promote violence people, but he was bull- he was sort of trying to bully me and he was giving me I was like, I'm not fighting, you know, pushing, pushing. And then eventually he said something about about um my mum and I was like right it's on now and let me just go and put my bike in and i never forget it there was about 15 people on this 40 pitch dave and i just walked up head down <laughs> didn't even speak to my mate and just one arrowed him <laughs> dropped him <laughs> these lads went um do you want to join our gang i went oh fucking don't <laughs> and walked off it was like a film and it was just like <laughs> and my mate come around like going i didn't like him anyway it's like, it like some stupid fucking rom-com film or something and i said <laughs> Don't ever do that again. Don't ever call me family. I mean, I'm not a fucking bloody. I'm certainly not Joey out of this day. But it was just one of them little Clint Eastwood like victories in my life where I can go. Oh, yeah, just once I got it right. All the other times I probably got my head kicked in. But yeah, it was just once. Yeah. I, you know what? I saw I saw one on Twitter actually. It was a few weeks ago, and it was obviously inside. It was in America, some kind of Seven Eleven, and someone was filming it. And there was this like it was this fucking little white kid and he was he was fucking going on to this black guy giving him racist abuse and this this white kid he's sort of dressed as if he's fucking eminem or something you know thinks he's really fucking hard have you seen it well like a pack of skittles (laughs) he's giving all this racist abuse and the guy's just taking it taking it taking it and then I'd, I couldn't quite see what he had in his hand, like a box of Pringles or something. And anyway, he sort of picks it up off the floor and then just absolutely <laughs> catches this bloke. And yeah. he's just like, Timber! <laughs> he goes oh, down and then, you know, he gets a few <laughs> extra ones on the way down. And, uh, oh, you know, for that racist piece of shit, sometimes there is only one bit of medicine and, and yeah. it was very very <laughs> satisfying to watch that to be honest <laughs> and you know what when you watch that video you can clearly see him do a two-step back he does like a two-step 
uh, right back as he's going to, and you know he's going to crack yeah. him. You yeah, just yeah, know yeah. he's going to hit him. He's, he's giving plenty of time to leave him alone, and this lad is just putting more rope around his neck. And as soon, I think it's the second time he steps back, and you can just see his his, his hips going. Yeah. I thought, oh, he's fucking going to launch him, <laughs> and he does. It's incredible. I don't know if it's a bottle of um, plastic water. He knocks him out uh, with, but it's know. a hell of a, it's a hell of a fucking dig. Oh my god, that is a hell of a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, you know, old um, Jack, Jack his name Jack, is. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, he doesn't need any of that stuff and takes down the other two. Like I say, don't try it at home, kids, because most of the time, you know, as my late uncle would say, the bigger they are, the harder they hit you. So, <laughs> and he was right. Unless, <laughs> unless they fuck it, unless you absolutely, you know, get a knockout blow they're going to catch up with you. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if uh, if the story played out, you know, this popular kid uh, would eventually get his own back. But... Yeah, probably, Dave. So, um... So old uh, Carl Fogarty, you know, eventually after a bit of stalking and we've seen Thomas Stahl kind of run back as well, or limp run back, you know, because he, he thought he's, his family's going to get attacked and whatever. But eventually... Carl turns up, you know, to take Thomas back to Philadelphia. And then, uh, again, we get another good kind of action scene, don't we? And what I like about this, because I don't think we saw it in the cafe bit, but when Tom is stood outside and he's playing this very kind of passive, unassuming guy from the Midwest, you can almost see him change into Joey. He yeah. he talks a little bit differently. He's a bit more cool yeah. about it, and you know you you just see his whole persona change. And then again, Christ, he took that guy out with a few jabs to the nose, didn't he? <laughs> Fucking hell, Dave! It was it was um, like taken, wasn't it? Liam Neeson job yeah. again, or like say John Wick. He, he and and I think you're right. What I tell you what, what a great film to review while we're doing our Wonder Vision. Uh, watch along each week. You know, they have the mm-hmm. bonus episodes we're putting out because it's very similar to Elizabeth Olsen when she's doing that, like, proper New York accent and all of a sudden she just changes. I know it's in context of that film and it's a completely different subject matter to this, but there is a bit, Dave, where we almost have a Christopher Reeve moment, not as powerful, mm. not at all Superman 2, but you're right, his stance changes. Once he's got his son... You just see his face change. Yeah. And that is great acting, that. That is fucking great acting. And then his voice drops and we get this sort of broader, sort of um, East... Uh, 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 sorry, East, East American... East Coast, yeah, yeah, yeah. East Coast sides... East American, Dave. <laughs> East Coast, like New York, Philadelphia, Boston. And, and obviously, it comes out then. And, you, and that's when we do get a proper John Wick moment then, don't we? Because yeah. he's not just someone who's tough, who's a brawler. He's an, we, we then realised that this guy is a fucking lunatic and he's held this in for 16, 17 years and like you say, chops to the fucking throat, you know, we get the full um, that one with the fucking, I've seen that before in a movie, I'll tell you where we saw it Dave Last, um, Last Boy Scout on the VHS Oh yeah, yeah When uh, Bruce Willis gets him out of um, Sons of Anarchy uh, chips and that, proper- that was just one though, wasn't it? You know, one oh, one God. to the nose and you know pushes his fucking nose through his brain pretty much. This one, he, he was having a good go when he? he seemed to get him about ten oh. times. It just kept going on and on and on, and I'm like, oh, surely he's got to go down now. <laughs> 
Yeah, that it was a good scene that because she could see his wife, couldn't yeah. she? And she's like, "Oh fuck, he is who he says he, they say he is." And and then what? The only thing that was pretty obvious was Joey then takes or Tom takes a bullet from Ed Harris uh, Fogarty, Carl Fogarty, mm-hmm. in the shoulder. And he's about to get blown away, and he says something to him, and Joey then says, which reveals the whole plot. So we're about an hour into the movie. He says, I should have killed you in Philadelphia. Yeah. Don't he? And then he thinks he's dead, and then um, his lad turns up, Jack, and shoots him with the shotgun, which I thought was too obvious that was going to happen. However, I was happy with that, Dave, as well, because I thought it, it was a good little cliffhanger because I didn't think he was going to ever going to be in danger really uh, Tom but yeah I, t- I could see that coming but it's not one of the ones where you see it coming you're like oh he's got a fucking he telegraphed that a mile away yeah. it was just enough but it's still a good moment that's a great action sequence by the way yeah I, th- I think it is I-, I think it's really good and I think the fact that the sun has to finish it off I- I'm kind of okay with that even though I said, I've said you know some of the things are a bit silly like in particular Jack's you know run-ins at school and you know how he just goes full ninja and takes those two guys out the reality is Joey is this absolute badass but he's not completely John Wick you know he's not going taking out absolutely everyone um, you know, so if it wasn't for his son there, he could have been taken out, you know, so even though he did really well, you know, he's not, um, he's not in the matrix or something like that. You know, he is, he is just a guy ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. And and obviously the next scene, well, the next couple of scenes is Tom's back in hospital. Edie comes in, eventually tells her who he is. She knows who he is. She's basically saying to him, stop lying. We know who you are. He says he used to kill for money and pleasure and all that. And then we get Dave. When he gets out of hospital, the police turn up, the sheriff, and uh, he'd already asked him earlier on, are you part of a witness mm. protection thing? And they were both laughing because she is none the wiser. Because at first, when he, she said that, I thought she was in on it, that she knew who he was, but the kids didn't mm. know but she didn't know. So I thought that was good acting as well. That was a good bit of uh, foreshadowing for the story. And then, obviously, we then get this fucking... She lies to the sheriff. He goes, off. we get this fucking proper violent sex scene on the stairs where she slaps him, gives him a kick, and I'm thinking, I won't really be doing that if you just found out this is a, a professional hitman. Yeah. And you now... He's, he's, his cover's been blown. Obviously, 17 years of, like, built-up aggression and that now come out and they have this it's it's passionate but weird as well dave and it? it's proper like it's sort of sexy but it's not and then obviously she just kicks him away once once they're finished and fucks off don't you and they don't really speak again really yeah it, it is weird and it's this kind of weird kind of angry sex thing that comes out of nowhere isn't it you know because he's sort of wrestling with her and then you know you're thinking all right calm yourself down but then she sort of pulls him towards her kind of thing and and then they end up shagging you see a little bit later she's got all fucking bruises and stuff on her back because they she's just been nailed on the fucking stairs (laughs) (laughs) so i think i don't think it's supposed to be sexy i think it's just supposed to be you know all this fucking weird mad emotion you've just found out the guy who you've been married to for nearly 20 years is someone completely different but not just that there is this fucking really dangerous psycho killer so yeah, yeah. and she, yeah yeah and she does say a great line i think dave as well sorry to interrupt was so 
your adoptive parents or whatever she says something about that doesn't she is fucking bollocks basically because he's told her this story about he, he doesn't see his parents because he's adopted yeah. or something yeah, so yeah, yeah. that was all fake so again great all it took was one little line we didn't need a fucking backstory or a flashback to his family or anything like that it was just enough to keep the story going and then he's obviously in bed like you say you see all these burns and he gets a phone call and, and straight away he goes Richie and we, we don't realise who it is but he ends up driving straight to Philadelphia and going in a bar and Richie turns out to be actually B's brother which I will say Dave you couldn't have got two people who look less alike <laughs> could you really as yeah. two brothers completely different fucking men do you, completely do you think they're brothers from another mother <laughs> <laughs> something you know <laughs> definitely a different father if not you know yeah they look absolutely nothing like each other do they and and i think i don't i don't know he, he got he won an award didn't he uh william hurt for this best supporting actor oh sorry he was nominated mm-hmm. but i didn't I, I couldn't stop thinking that's william hurt with a weird kind of amish little beard there <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) it just it took me out of it a little bit and i i didn't really buy him as this badass kind of mobster no and and i think as well dave that whole sequence it was almost cartoon like or batman 66 so he starts talking to the dialogue the the embrace he's been frisked danny by the henchmen and that we're all bigger than uh tom and he, and he's talking to him, and he goes in his room, and that's when he realised it. And then I realised it was his proper brother, and they're chatting away, and and it's the way he says like a fucking cartoon. And now it's probably better that you're dead. Yeah. And that guy is walking behind him. You can see be blurred out that he's getting the chicken wire yeah. out to strangle him, and he knows straight away, doesn't he, Tom? Because he's been in these situations, but. Even his brother, his brother is a shit shot. Because Tom, again, (laughs) fucking punch to the throat or or open palm to the throat of that guy. He kills the other one again. Fucking gruesome. Apparently, the European version that was released originally, obviously that's the one we've watched, has more gore and blood than the US version, Dave. And apparently there's there's a scene where he has a dream or something and... uh, he rips the heart out of uh, Ed Harris, who then pulls the gun out of his chest or something. But they were like, Vito Mortensen suggested the director was like, no, no, we didn't, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what, I don't know what I've read today. But again, that whole bit was John Wick because, like I say, this guy is not a brawler. He drops to his knees, does a fucking flick kick with his cowboy boots on, proper sweep, proper violent and ends up getting the upper hand and just as his brother's there i'm thinking there's going to be a reprieve here no shoots him right in the fucking head <laughs> there was no you know all these halloween s- sequels and stuff that come out where they can't just fucking put a bullet into jason's head this one there ain't no sequel with him in it's <laughs> <laughs> right in the head his own brother but his brother tried to kill him no compassion and that's the thing He's a he's a trained killer who's got no compassion for anyone, David. Don't matter that he's been out of the game for 16, 17 years, it all just slotted back in and he took him out. And and I think what was interesting is he basically took out a crime family, didn't he? Straight yeah. away. Yeah, you know, yeah. it absolutely decimated him. And he's gonna be no comeback because the beef was with 
his brother, and it didn't go any further than that. He said that uh, Tom was the reason he never made it, but he was on the verge of taking over the family from some old guy, and he was going to be in charge, Richie. Mm. So, again, great. But I did like the end, Dave. I, I must admit, he comes back to the house, walks in, he's tearing up, his wife's really tearing up she looks absolutely knackered and the daughter just picks up the plate the knife and fork and it's this look of them all sort of upset and everything and then it just goes off and yeah. i thought that was a great way to end it no we didn't need the whole love story and they got back together it's just like it's decimated the whole family his lies because his son has a pop at me early on he goes you're gonna get me whacked and all this and and really goes to town on him after he's killed that guy so yeah, honestly, I, I just thought it was a great ending on this. Yeah, no, I agree. Son was being a fucking typical whiny teenager, I think, as well, though, wasn't he? He's like, what do I call you? Yeah. Well, look, this was all before you were born, so I'm still your dad. <laughs> you call me dad. That's what you've always called me. Um, I like that ending bit as well, because it's clearly an unbelievably traumatic event for the whole family but you know the little girl is almost you know inviting him back into the fold you know she's she's the one who's putting out the olive branch and and hopefully they can repair it again it, it stretches a little bit of believability doesn't it that there's absolutely no comeback whatsoever you know there's not someone one of the mobsters who's out selling drugs or something you know and comes back and sees everyone's decimated and knows that they were after uh joey but you know we can go with it and like I say you, you can ultimately it doesn't have to underline everything at the end you, you can kind of imagine yourself how would that story carry on afterwards and you know exactly i i agree and i've just realized that william hurt is dave it's fucking general ross isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. How the hell did he not pick that reference up at all? I, I just realised... He's been that. loads he of stuff. Fucking hell, loads, Dave. I'll just call him General Ross because he, that's all he is to me now. <laughs> I forget anything else he's been in for me personally. But but you're right, it, 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 it's an unbelievable way to these one-shot movies to believe that nothing comes of it. The sheriff's obviously onto something, but that's never going to come back now because he's killed these people or killed his brother and henchmen. What what you get, Dave, is they're not going to be investigated because they're basically gangsters and the police are probably like, oh, well, thank fuck he's dead. It's probably a mob hit. So that's probably... I went away thinking, well, there's going to be no comeback because of who the guy he killed was. They just see it as a tit for tat. And it looked like a professional hit the way he took everyone out. He shot him in the head as well. So they, they, yeah. he do, they, don't, know his bro they don't know his brother's alive other than if someone in that circle knew about it and it looked mm. like it was just a small circle of gangsters. So that I'm reading far too much in this day <laughs> just to make it sound better than it was, but that's how I took away from it at the end. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it was good. Really good. Now, Chris, should yeah. we get into our final review? Let's go. Now, Chris, I would have to say, I, I so I knew this was based on a graphic novel, and so it's been on our list probably since day one. So we have a spreadsheet, don't we, which, you know, yep. I'll go back to um, and, and then pluck things out. So we don't always know what the new things are, so usually if a new release comes in, 
we kind of change things around so that's why we don't set things out for the next three years or whatever and I just thought, um, you know, I'll grab this one from the backlog and, and stick it in the calendar, but without much of an expectation because I thought, well, if it was that great a movie, you know, everyone would be going on about it. So it can't be that good. This really exceeded my expectations, to be honest. It, it was a good, solid gangster movie, but it, it's also thrown in that extra layer where you've got this kind of guy who's who's trying to let go of his past and he's done a good job of it for the best part of 20 years um and then this kind of chance events you get these killers who you know quite often if we start off a movie with a couple of characters like that you expect them to be major characters in the in the movie but no he takes them out and then uh and then he gets you know things kind of unravel from there but I'm more surprised this won a bunch of awards and I was just looking it was actually Mark Commode so you know the guy who's been doing um, film reviews for the BBC basically since I can remember watching the BBC he's just been doing it forever it got nominated for uh, Academy, the Academy Awards for Best Writing Screenplay based on a uh, previously produced or published work uh, best Supporting Actor as well was William Hurt. It got uh, nominated for the uh, Best Adapted sc- Adapted Screenplay at the British Film Awards. This has been up for loads and loads of things, and I'm just amazed that more people aren't talking about this one. So if you've list- if you've got this far and you haven't actually watched it, I would go and seek it out. It is well worth a watch. Chris, I'm going to put this one. I'm not going to put it quite to the top, but that's probably just more out of personal preference. But I'm going to send this one to... This is a very, very strong Atlantis for me. And, uh, yeah, I think if this is your bag, it will probably go even higher than that. But uh, Atlantis is, is where it is for me. Good stuff, Dave. Good stuff. Now, for me, we are a pair of absolute boring bastards today, Dave, (laughs) because I'm with you. It is absolutely my sort of film. I love these, just no need for it. I love a sequel in a movie. If it's a franchise I love, I'm itching, pining for the announcement of a sequel. But this is one of them rare movies where it doesn't need a sequel. It's an absolutely brilliant film, and I agree with you. How the hell... This has slipped under my radar and a lot of people's radar. Because when I finish this now, I'm going to be texting my dad, my brother, uh, well, one of my brothers, and say to him, look, you've got to watch this movie. Because I know they haven't seen it because it's a cracking movie. It's just totally within this world. Yeah, there's a couple of things we've picked holes in. Uh, I don't think necessarily, Dave, I do. I I know it's not going to be one of my favourite movies, but I certainly... If this is on, I will seek out whether I'm 10 minutes, I've missed the first 10 minutes or I've got half an hour to go, I'll watch it. It's a brilliant, brilliant movie and it's just enough suspense and the violence and everything and the acting's great. Vito Mortensen's brilliant in it and the supporting cast are, to be honest. So yeah, I'm going to send it to Atlantis, Dave, and I'm the same as you on this. I'm completely the same. It's not one of my favourites ever but I tell you what it's one of the best things we reviewed on Comics in Motion that I've really really got into just perfect for me just absolutely I was completely blown away because when in history of violence I'm thinking it's going to be some some guy narrating and it's going to go through the years with some stupid comic fucking bollocks <laughs> reference and it wasn't that it was just a perfect movie for me Dave so yeah bravo my friend I absolutely loved it 
Now next week we're going to be getting into the third movie of the X-Men franchise and let's get into the trailer. On principle, I can't negotiate with these people. Well then you know what needs to be done. We're going to protect our citizens. Make no mistake, my brothers. The humans will draw first blood. And the air is still, and the light has fallen. There's only one question you must answer. Who will you stand with? A major pharmaceutical company has developed a way to suppress the mutant X gene permanently. They're calling it a cure. There's nothing to cure. Nothing's wrong with any of us for that matter. You of all people know how fast the weather can change. Did you find what you were looking for? The source of the cure is a mutant. More powerful than you. Something woke her, but she has to be controlled. You know, sometimes when you cage the beast, I can't do this. The beast gets angry. You have no idea. You have no idea what is upon us now. Fury that this world has never witnessed. Magneto's got an army out there. You go to war, you might not come home. She might not come home. You ready for that? We're not kids anymore. Hey, I'm not your father. If you want to go, be sure it's what you want. It's time we make our choice. If you're with us, then be with us. They wish to cure us. And I say we are the cure. We can help you. We can fix it. We can make it like it was. Stay with me, please. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Now, Chris, where can everyone get in contact with us? If you want to follow us on social media, guys, at Comics in Motion P. If you want to email us, the Comics in Motion Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, drop ourselves, drop ourselves. We could drop ourselves a review, Dave. If you do like the show, please drop us a review uh, on your podcast catching app. And uh, it just helps us get all them charts on the iTunes charts and our various others around the world. And as always, as I say, every week, we've got some great content creators on the channel, guys. So get over there. There's literally an episode every day, and there's always something for anybody into the comic book world and honestly trust me some really really good guys so get over there please awesome chris well i'm not gonna stitch you up this week although tempted as i am so all i'll say is thank you very much sir i'm glad you enjoyed it i thought you would but sometimes you do uh take me by surprise a bit so uh glad you enjoyed it mate and i'll speak to you next time bye excuse me i'm eric lynch james xavier go fuck yourself what in the Why so 
seriously. Let's put a smile on that face. I am Iron Man. I'm Batman. And he's good. Whoa! Oh, 